Evening, this is the Watchmen Podcast by Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight we're covering episode two of Watchmen. This was on HBO, of course, and the episode's name was Martial Feats of Comanche Horsemanship. That's almost a tongue twister there. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one, but it's apparently probably the name of this painting that we see yeah, there in the I episode, mean, a the, Judd's house. That's the only thing I could see that was of a uh, correlation, per se. I, I'm assuming. Yeah, again, because in the first episode, you know, and I have to be honest, I do feel kind of dumb after watching the first episode and watching it for like three times and doing a little homework on it. We missed a few things. Um, but as two guys who uh, I looked at the graphic novel, I didn't read it as well back in the day when it did come out. You are completely novice, did not read it at all. We were looking for a good HBO show. And so there was a lot of correlation to the comic itself that showed up. Um, but also, we were also spending a lot of time correlating to the movie, which ends up being a backwards thing not to do. But yeah. anyway, it goes, you know, the thing about the uh, reason I brought that up was episode one, the, the title, you know, about it's summer running out of ice. That was part of the song at the end of the episode. <coughs> and, uh, you know, I just didn't realize that, you know, I think it was called like is jet is dead or something like that. And one of the, one of the lines in there is, of that of the title you know but you weren't paying attention you wouldn't notice that but uh, there was about 50 billion easter eggs that we totally missed but <laughs> uh we were just excited to cover our new show and the time it happened and we wanted to get fast content out for everybody so oh, it's like yeah. we don't have the legacy of dissecting the episode and then podcasting immediately after right you yeah know? so it's like <laughs> we have 10 minutes we literally go through watching <laughs> yeah, the episode and we're potting what we think yeah of and it. we drum and we jump in. and I, I think people um appreciate both oh yeah, you know no the, the people that dissect the episode piece by piece and then the people that are like just excited like we are to talk about the episode as soon as it ends and i feel like we got pretty close but i'm gonna tell you this thank you thank you thank you numerous emails numerous Twitter feed, numerous Facebook conversations, numerous, numerous on top of each other, great reviews on the pod, the whole nine yards, people letting us know. I mean, like simple stuff like, you know, when she got the pager of the little bighorn, boom, the seventh Calvary. Okay. You should make the correlation. Custer died, little bighorn by the seventh Calvary. You know, there, there you go. There's name titles, name drops. You know where it goes. Cool little correlations, little history there. Several little old nuggets that we'll probably hit up as we go through this episode. But I want to say thank you to everybody who reached out to us, everybody who was blowing us up on social media and email. It was awesome to have the conversation with you. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, but let's not wait any longer. Let's get right into the episode. This one starts off like with this kind of like this Nazi thing. and um, Not a Nazi thing. I mean, it's obviously during the World War, but it's like. Well, it's not Nazi. It's It's German. It's Germany. Um, and this guy wants to find a typewriter, uh, a woman who's typewriting, who speaks fluent English and they, they're printing English letters to drop to uh, African-American soldiers, uh, showing you the difference that you're second class citizens of your own country. Right. And I'm just going to just go ahead and ask the dummy question. Was this Germans or was this Russians? Well, no. It, I mean, like there was correlations in the in his audio that we I were know he's talking about, like, like in Germany, why fight against this. the Germans, but they were calling each other comrade and stuff like that. Right. More Russian. Once again, this could be my total ignorance, but I felt like this guy was Russian talking to her, but they were clearly talking about why fight the Germans. You know, right. Um, <clears throat> 
and, and, and there was a part where like German, uh, you know, peoples of color are, are like have high positions and posts of power and right. like in that, Berlin you know? and everything. So you're making that correlation. So you're very right. For all you know, this could be propaganda that's brought from a, a neighboring country. You you just don't know for sure. And then in this alternate history reality, this that are so on. Who knows, man? Well, and here's the thing too. Very current event situation. What were they saying the Russians were doing, but sowing discord in our country to make us fight amongst ourselves and make us weaker, right? Mm-hmm. So what would Russians do to weaken the American army than to divide them, oh, yeah. you know, with a race battle in their own military? Well, not only that, you know, like so many people, even in like real world today say the way America will fall is from within. Yeah, the battle ourselves. Exactly. And so uh, this is another way you can see as a lightning rod for something of that nature. Well, absolutely. But uh, I feel like I'm not crazy on this by saying that this was a Russian, you know, high up, you know, whatever in in their military, sowing discord in the American military in order to gain an advantage. This is where it'd be good to know if he was speaking German, Russian, or if you look at his uniform and see if there was some I kind know, of correlation. I, I just feel I like... Wanna, I want to be like, pause the pod. Let's go back and look real exactly. quick. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not going to do it because I love the feedback that all we will immediately get yes. when you the podcast idiots. is released. It was not a Russian. You fucking you dummies. It was clearly this. You know, yeah. I'm just like... I'm yeah. sorry. When I hear comrade, and maybe that is just so stereotypical, <laughs> but I assume Russian. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Hey, no. I mean, it's a stereotype. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm hitting that stereotype, but that's what I assume. But it was an awesome scene. It was where they're mailing, you know, just an airdrop of propaganda onto uh, black soldiers, and they're literally reading it while a white soldier, a white U.S. soldier, runs by, spits on, and spits on what we realize is Will's dad, Will Reeves' dad. So. And, and then we, that letter that he's holding in his hand actually ends up becoming the one that he wrote, look after this boy on, thus seeing the travel of time of this letter. Right. And so this letter is really old. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and little Will has found the letter once before and it was taken from his hands. I mean, he's been holding on to this for some time now. Yeah. No, it, was, it, it, it showed a cool little history. I'm trying to understand the significance of it, of why is it important for, you know, because at the end of the episode, she ended up with a letter too. You know what I mean? So what is that significance of a propaganda letter or maybe not even a propaganda letter? We're not positive on exactly its motive. Um, what is the, what is the purpose for her to have it in hand now? Do you mean, I mean, it's, I mean, you could say it's an heirloom, you could say this or so on, but I feel like it has meaning. There's a purpose behind it. And no, I'm not no, clicking no. on it yet. No, they're, they're showing a, like, you know, this is like a, I feel like it's like a, a cornerstone of the storyline. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, this is maybe an origin of the story right here, or it's just a cornerstone of a story, like part of it. Don't forget the motivation of where it all started. Or something of that nature is what I kind of get to. Right. And it's going to lead to something. I mean, obviously we have this massive race battle that's going on, you know, in the present time and stuff like that. So it's like, I'm I'm curious how long something's been in the works with Will's character. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And right. we find out there's two descendants and we only find out about one of them. That's true. If you want to just go ahead and go into all of Will's parts, 
Okay, uh, you look at IMDb, his name's Will Reeves. Um, you know, there was a lot of chatter online on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit, it's like that, that Will Reeves is the original Hooded Justice. Um, and so that could be a reason you see things that, you know, he has skills. Like he says, he has friends that are higher up, you know, even towards even the end of the episode, you know. And she goes to the Heritage Center. And she does the DNA test. And like you said, there are two descendants. She finds out she's the granddaughter of this young, of this guy. Um, and so it's setting up something. You know, you're getting, you're getting a lineage for a purpose. Yes. You know what I mean? And so it's almost like the, the Minutemen of the 30s and, you know, early 40s or whatever you want to say is that she is a direct descendant of all that possibly. And, you know, and maybe she becomes the person who assembles a new group of what's needed to handle what's coming up. You know what I mean? It could be like the rebirth of Watchmen. Yeah, and that's what I feel like they're heading in the direction of, is that they're starting to introduce... It's almost like a recruitment type of thing. Yes. Like they're recruiting her by unveiling things to her, you know, and seeing how she'll react in a way. It's almost like you're testing to see how she's going to go. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's directly affecting her. Um, we get a lot of information on her in this episode, actually. We really do. We really do. Um, and a couple telltales is like when she picks him up and puts him in the front seat of the car, you know, there was that pause, that moment, that we thought. We get two moments of hug right. in this thing. When she's hugging Judd when they bring him down from the tree and stuff like that, you could tell she's she's broken from it. Right. Um, and they keep referencing to the fact that everyone knows she's not okay, even though she's playing okay. Correct. Um. I mean, when you find out about her partner dying and then yeah, you know, all these things, it's like she can change it, you know, at any moment. Like she can shut her emotions off, basically. Um, but we just keep seeing this thing. But then, like, you're right. When she's hugging him to put him in the front seat, it's like you see her, like, soft side. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like her caring side. And that's almost what you're looking for. Say you are recruiting somebody. It's like, hey... She's not a bad person. No. She does bad things sometimes to get what she needs, but it's like, hey, you know, it's one of those things like the Watchmen, even the, you know, in the movie and the comic and that, it's like they all play on that weird Yeah. They they ride that line well, of vigilante justice. Yeah, well it's it's vigilante, but for good intent. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the whole and, deal. And from the outside looking in, a lot of times things don't look pretty. No. <laughs> but if you knew the whole story, you know, maybe you would understand. So that type of stuff, you know, I think that's cool that they're putting those little moments in. Well, yeah, to soften her character a little bit. There is no doubt. Not to mention, she has her own badass soundtrack. <laughs> no, I mean, like the music was so significant. This I mean, episode. it's ridiculous. I, you know, she's laying in the bed and stuff like that. I'm like, here it comes. Yeah, you know, she's about to crack her eyes open and stuff like that. Oh yeah, when she did the fake faint. Yeah. you know, it, I mean, you were like, you called it. It was like, watch, she faked it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. wait, you. By the time, bam, 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 you know, the music started. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just like this is awesome. You know. <laughs> So, which is a cool thing. She already has her own soundtrack for her moments. Right. When she changes into night, there you go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Every time they put it on. Yeah. It's just like, it's like the cue of badass. Here we yeah. go. You yeah. Know? Um, so, yeah. I mean. <sighs> There's a lot to cover with just her this episode. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. There's Biggest, no one of the major things we get is we get the white knight. We do get a visual of it. All right. Yeah. So, we actually see what happens in the house. Which was done really well. It was, and you, 
I know you watched it closely. I watched it closely. We almost watched it twice. Is that there's a lot of things if you picked up on it, you know, that kind of were a little wonky that makes you think about it. All right. The key facts, you know what I mean? They're having a moment. She's grabbing his dick. Yeah, da, da, da. They hear a sound. It's right there at Christmas Eve, about to be Christmas Day. Um, a guy bursts in. You know, she's like, somebody's in the house. You know what I mean? But then the door bursts open, you know, and of course they fall to the floor. She takes the lights out, throws a hot poker at him. You know, one thing leads to another, and she stabs this guy in the throat. In the neck, yeah. You know, in the, in the neck area. And then she gets shot, and she takes an abdominal shot, you know, on her left side. Um, and then the gun barrel is brought up to her face, and then she wakes up in the hospital. Okay? With Judd next to her. With Judd next to her, not her husband or anything else. So let's break down this moment, though. Yeah, to me... this you, There's two weird you, things about this. Should be, that's calling cards right here you need to look at. First one that bothers me is I was totally expecting when she had a gun barrel in her face that her husband was going to come out of the blue and save her. Yeah, or you'd see this guy get shot or something. You know, something was going to happen. Yes. Right. You know, sometimes you're getting saved. Yeah. Somehow he would be the one that takes this dude out. That's the first weird thing. Second weird thing is what Judd tells her in the hospital is that she got her guy Stabbed him in the throat. And but, I got mine. And he said he got his, shot him in his face and stuff like that after he shot him. Right. So it's like, that's not the whole story. That's not accurate. And I couldn't tell if she was remembering the White Knight or we were getting a a, a glimpse of version. what happened of it as a, you know, what do they call it? A, un, uh, the narrator, the... Um, a third person view. Anyway, but I'm just saying, like, we can't. I can't tell if that's her memory we got to see, or they were just showing us a glimpse of what happened. Yeah, because why not show what happened to the second gunman? Well, and, and that why, bothers me. And why immediately show Judd telling her that she got her guy? Right. And, I don't think that was her memory. I don't think so either. And what husband leaves his wife? No matter how long this, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I, I could see three days. Okay, maybe I don't know. Three days. It's just, and Judd's obviously very, you know, persuasive. I could see easily that he convinced him to go home and take a shower and come back. You know, no problem. I can see that. Okay. Um. But my thing is, is like we we see, like the effect that her gunshot has had on her. You know what I mean? Like she talks about it and stuff like that. No mention of him being shot. He doesn't have like a bum arm or shoulder or anything like that. Almost like it's staged. Yeah. You know, and you know, we all, we already we already have like weird feelings about Judd because the skeleton's is a closet whole deal. So my immediate reaction from this is is that he gives the story about her partner Doyle, you know, and they were both asleep and that's how they found him, was in the bed, and the kids were in the room, and he was very detailed about how the kids got up with this other so on. And so we can correlate that she takes the children of her her late partner and so on. Um, that it was 40 different cops were attacked simultaneously. Okay, that information alone makes you think that you have to have someone dirty to be able to have 40 addresses, 40, you know, all that stuff coordinated with that many people. I mean, if you're talking two guys per house, you know what I mean? That's 80 jokers. I mean, to me, like it, that's on grand stage, grand level. True, but 
it was the white knight that had caused cops to be able to wear masks. Mm-hmm. So, and she says it when she's talking to the kids. People knew who were cops back then. So it could have been planned. You just stake out cops. You follow them home. You find their plans. You know what I mean? You yeah, stake them like, out. This episode gave you enough. Th- between episode one and two, they've given you so many big breadcrumbs that Judd was dirty. Or was 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 a Seventh Cavalry or affiliated or something, right? And then, like you said, his his comments don't make a lot of sense when he says, "You got yours, I got mine," you know. Like there's little tidbits in there. Of course, you know, like you said, she goes in the closet later. She finds his hood, you know, with the badge on it. Episode one, the, you know, the white cop in a white suit with a badge on it is the one being drugged with a you know a noose. Or, I mean, like you follow what I'm saying, like yeah, they've. They are ham-fisting painting a picture that Judd is dirty. Which is exactly why I'm feeling like maybe he's not. Okay. And I know that's weird to say. Or maybe he is or whatever like that. But I feel like we're going to find out. They keep showing Judd's childhood photo with his dad. Over over and over. Right there, right? Which makes me feel like that that dad is the guy whose clan outfit that is. That's exactly what I was going to say. That was his father's <clears throat> uniform. Right. Or his grandfather, even. Right. And that he was involved in the Tulsa Wall massacre. Street massacre. Right? So it's like, yeah, maybe he does hold that in his closet. But maybe he uses it as a reminder of what not to be or something. Because like they said, it's not hidden very well. Yeah, like anybody could have found it. Right. So you it's know. not, you know, so... Uh, it makes me think that maybe, you know, maybe Judd does have skeletons in his closet, but that's not what they meant. Correct. It's too obvious, and I don't feel this show being obvious. That's what I was going to say. Like, in this style of show that's giving us breadcrumb, breadcrumb, and we're having to learn a new environment, learn a new history, things like that. In two episodes, you can't give me this much to say conclusively he's a dirtbag. You know what yeah, I mean? I, so, so, to me, you're, I think you're very warm when you say this is all to give us the rope a dope. That yeah. Judge probably is a good guy, and you're going to find out that that hood was a memento of his dad's, or it was placed there as part of his dad's, or like you said, a reminder of what not to be. All that's for all you know, we're going to scenes episode four where he opens that up and goes, "I'll never be like you, motherfucker," you know, like that. And that's what he, you know, and then closes it back up and goes to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So you, you, we just don't know. True, but I also feel like they gave us some other little hints. Hmm. You know, she goes to Judd's house to, con- you know, for condolences for his wife and stuff like that. Really, she's going to stake out his closet. Because she took the, <laughs> what Will said, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which I got a good laugh out of that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, but if you look around, it's all white people inside the house. Not a single after They made it very clear. Every soul inside that house was white. And the senator was there. And the senator's there. I mean, a strapping young man. Yes. Um, and says, whatever you know, you need, you know, whatever resources you need to find the people who did this, we're at your, you know. See, to me, like, you're, you're missing one level of the hierarchy. When a police commissioner goes down, the person that's of political power is the mayor. Yeah. So this could be maybe Mayor, the new political governor. or and then to the governor, maybe, you know, which a governor's above senator, but we don't know if that's the same way things are now. You know, you never know. For all you know, senators are in control of an area. Who knows? 
No. But there was a reason we had Senator King there. Yes, and I think it's obvious. And if you see the preview, obviously he is he has a future role to play. He also is obviously a well built strapping fella. Strapping fella. We're thinking this is our new. This is the new night owl. Night owl. Yeah. Okay. And once again, for him to say all these things about her, assuming she's still a cop, it's because he knows she's still a cop, yeah. no matter what she says. Right. It was a very lead in. Yeah. You know, and exactly. to me, it was almost offhand for her to say, "Oh, well, I'm retired, this and so on. There's a reason we had that scenario of conversation at this yeah. moment. And I feel like it's it's another hint showing Hey, you're not the only one looking into this. Right. And we know who you are. We're watching you. <laughs> exactly. you know? Who's watching the Watchmen? You yeah. Know? I mean, so like, think about it. It's just kind of a, a really neat thing they've done. And like I said, I don't feel like anything obvious will be the truth. No. So even if Judd's dirty, I don't think it's going to be in the way we expect by what, like you said, what ham-fisted stuff they showed us this episode. Yes, I agree 100%. You know, so I, I don't... I just can't foresee it being that simple. I don't either. I really don't. And I'm happy to see that he had some scenes in this episode, and it looks like we're going to get hopefully get tidbits of him throughout the season, and it really wasn't like a, we killed him off and you don't see him anymore, which was pretty right. nice, um, and so on. Something I want to jump to that kind of stuck out a little bit, there was a newspaper when she left the bakery that talked about global squid you know, things, squids have fallen on four cities, things of that nature. Okay, I, I have a couple questions about this. Let me run this first. Okay, when the squids in episode one landed, they, a siren went off, and they all stopped and act like they knew this was business as usual, let it do its course. She went out there and cleaned it off. There's street sweepers the whole nine yards, right? But then the newspaper made it sound like it was a global epidemic of first time, like four cities now, or this or someone like, is this something that it's spreading to other areas, becoming a global thing based on the newspapers that are coming out? You know, did you get that vibe? I feel like when there's a street sweeper that literally has a squid on the side of it, this this seems like a commonplace thing. Right. And they didn't seem surprised when the squids start landing. Not at all. And even then, like, even in episode one, when Looking Glass, (coughs) we was talking about, do you think this is government hoax? You know, do you think this is something we're doing to, you know, to cover up? You know, and so, you know, that's directed from something that connects to the comic book, you know. Um, But these papers make it look like it's becoming something more than just something that's localized to this city. Does that make sense? Um, what, what, what are we supposed to read into that when they, when you see, they made a point for us to see those newspapers uh, that showed that two yeah. different newspapers within a couple minutes. Yeah. They're showing us a few, a few things and I don't know if they're just showing us these things just as fan service uh, to the comic book readers. Yeah. Cause I don't know for sure. Because we do know that there's some things in the comic book, you know, where Nixon, you know, is, stops some kind of monster that comes through these, yeah, Ozymandias uh, you know, or other dimensional whatever, attack. Yeah, brings in this giant squid, and supposedly he's the president when they defeated it, and this is the aftermath of it, possibly. And there's, you could correlate whatever you want to. Something, it. but what what they're thinking is, it's like a, it's like what a lot of people think about nine eleven. It's like, was that planned by the government in order to get us into a war? To you know, to get whatever resources over there and stuff like that. that's what the, it's. It seemed like that was what the comic book was also doing was like, hey, Nixon's in trouble. I'm probably not going to get reelected. Not end up being the hero that we want him to be. 
well, let's stage a big monster attack that he can save the day and get his rep back up. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, stuff like that, where they, where people obviously try to stage things that happen to flip the narrative. Right. You know, <laughs> that word "stage" is pretty popular today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so, I don't know. I, I think, I think we're obviously going to get more. To learn about the squid stuff, but... I think it's just another element to give us background, you know, to have something cooking in the back of our mind. Yeah, and it's also just really cool, you know, scenery. Yeah. I love that... Uh, I cannot remember the, the actor's name, but he was in The Wire, and he was the guy at the newsstand. Oh, yeah. And so, a girl, an Asian young girl, gets out of a car that's called a tank. It's either a whitish or pinkish white i don't know and she's got a stack of papers and the newspaper guy asks her does she really read all this so they're referencing a a character that we don't know we don't know yet you know but obviously this is distinctive we you know should store it in your books or banks whatever you want to call it this young asian actor is you know picking up newspapers for a female character we're going to be introduced daughter maybe of whoever this other person is right so i guess we're just going to keep an eye out for this tank you know this this vehicle called a tank um cool name though by the way (laughs) yeah i can see somebody stealing that for the future um okay let's talk about the crime scene okay now she pulls up in her badass car by the way again this grand national is so legit (laughs) She pulls up. With her, of course, her soundtrack playing. Yes. <laughs> I do love that they showed that she airbrushes her eyes, you know, and does like stuff. The only thing with the airbrushing the eyes. Is it looked a perfect line, then it's not possible. <clears throat> I wish they would show her actually put the hard, the straight edge up against her face to to give you that hard line. I, as an airbrush person myself. Yes. But you and looked, I both have handled one. It was perfect how she was doing it across her eyes. and. She doesn't need the straight edge. I she wish she would just leave it I like, like it. I like it feathered like yeah. that. But to then go to an immediate scene where it shows it as perfect hard. hard edge, like moon shaped around her face. Like she had to put a stencil on her face. It yeah. didn't match. You need a stencil for that. So mm-hmm. unless they showed her where she takes like a rag and like wipes wipes it clean. I would even take that. But it just it's just weird, you know, to, it to do it that way. Anyway. It was. Small detail. Small thing. You know, <laughs> stupid. But So they get to the scene... I do like the first thing I see is a, a CSI text like that with a rolling measurement tool. How far from the tree How to far the body. From the tree. That is a detail that like so many times you'll watch like a CSI or this or so on. You're like, that's that's just a detail you don't usually see. Yeah. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. It did a good, I mean, there's not much to see for the, the thing. No, there's not. Um, and let me go ahead and say this. My favorite thing in this entire show so far is looking glass they just crushed it with this mask <laughs> he it's is amazing. so like i feel un like unsettled looking at him yeah there's no doubt and you see why he's the interrogation detective you know dude just looking at that thing it's like trippy it is they picked the perfect actor to play it oh no his doubt. voice is perfect for it and then this mask is just unbelievably well done. If they had done this show three weeks ago or a month ago, number one, number one Halloween mask of this year. I don't know where you find it, though. I don't know. I hope they reproduce it. <laughs> it's badass. I just, man, when he just sits in the car all of a sudden and he's just looking narrow at that, I mean, he's just really good. The reflective Got stuff. Got anything on. to eat in here? You know, I'm just like, 
What kind of random ass shit is that? <laughs> Got nuts in the glove. <laughs> but you find out though, a, a lot of times people smoke cigarettes where they eat food when they're interrogating and stuff. Mm-hmm. It like knocks the edge off. It's a, it's a coping mechanism too. Yeah, it's just like a thing people do it to like loosen you up. Mm-hmm. And he's even doing it to talk to her. Right. He's clearly interrogating. Oh, he's yeah. He's her. asking the right questions. Yeah, uh, I was waiting for him to say. So why did you leave the crime scene last night? You know what I mean. I was yeah, like waiting had, for it. Like he had a little tidbit. Yeah, it would stun her. Uh, but he didn't. You know, he just talked about how they were together the night before. Was he drunk? Was he high? You know, sounds like a party. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. My man. kids were there. Just a hundred percent. My favorite thing so far is Looking Glass. Yes, yes. I don't know why it is. It's just anytime he's on the screen, I can't take my eyes away from it. Yeah. yeah. It's mesmerizing. I agree, dude. I agree. It is insane. I totally agree. Um, We get get the the, the two moth reporters. We get the moths. The moths, you know. One lands on her hood. I would whip his ass for messing up that hood. Yeah. Uh, So we got some super nutty paparazzi. Yes. Uh, And they're. Now, I ask this question. Once again, this is out of pure ignorance. Is this like stolen? ex-vigilante tech because Judd was flying around and clearly the owl mobile you know mobile <laughs> thing well in episode one they showed you a what looked to be like a commercial ship in the air it looked like a hot air balloon crossed with a, a jet that said or someone and if you reference like the comic books and so on Dr. Manhattan gives technology to humans uh, to make everything more efficient and earth friendly and different things of that nature. And so they've shown you a little bit of tech that does that. And so you can maybe say that whatever these guys, these wings, I mean, they look basically look like they're, you know, moths. They like, literally call like them moths. A hummingbird backpack. Right. And that, that was strong enough to lift a human and do what they were doing. Um, I, well, you we could got say x-ray it's, goggles. Yeah. It's definitely tech. Um, that is, you know, it's all I'm saying. Obviously, it's not in our world, but it's in theirs, and you know, there is no clear source for it yet. But we're we're already assuming that there is original versions of the Watchmen, and then there's new people taking on those roles mm-hmm. as those characters and stuff. So it it makes me feel like things have been confiscated from when they removed vigilante superheroes, you know, in '77 or whatever like that. Um, that they're like reverse engineering the tech they took to give certain people access to it. You know what I mean? And this paparazzi thing looks like something from Mothman. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's a the biggest thing is to be called moths. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's the that's the big ding ding ding. You know? Yeah. So yes, and I'm hoping they give us the background for some of this stuff. I hope it's I not too. a total guess the whole time. But if they don't give me the background, I'm also going to be like. Man, good on them for not just spoon feeding everything too. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. I get a lot more love for Red Scare this episode. We get a little more out of him. <laughs> yeah, um, boy, do we! <laughs> I mean, he's just beating the shit out of this moth yeah, guy. You want to you want to join him be like that? He goes, "Are you breathing?" Or what, what, what was his line? Well, he goes, "You know, let's round him up or like that." And she goes, "Well, let's wait and take a breath." And he goes, "You joining us or are you breathing? <laughs> are you coming or are you breathing?" Or like that. I was like. Good line. Good line, man. Um, 
And then he goes over to this, you know. Which immediately goes to like, the trailer park that we've uh, known, you know. White first trash of, heaven, baby. <laughs> um, with the Nixon idol, Yeah, we find out. It's you're, like you're, their monument. Um, yeah, he's up there on the squawk box, you know, like. <laughs> you know, every one of y'all get in these paddy wagons in 10 seconds or we tear down your idol. Yeah. Um, he gets down to two and they throw a bottle at him. Yeah. Uh, so this, you know, this is going to get, you know, messed up or like that. But this is some dark business right here. It is, man. It this is, is like, like throw out the whole warrant yeah, constitution. Yeah, throw business. out all rules and all this <laughs> yeah. and so on. All you bitches get in the ride. You're going to get a beat down. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> uh, you're getting beat down. You're getting tased often. Yeah. We're uh, not putting cuffs prodded. on you. Yeah. They got freaking <laughs> well, that's the zip ties and everything else. You know, they don't have guns. You know, no, you all see cattle they're, they're all holding these b- batons that are, you know, electrified. Uh, this is more like um, Demolition Man style. Yeah, you're right. Um, but, you know, I, I love this stuff, man. I, I, you know, this is just really gritty and, and you know, nasty. And she doesn't want to take, Knight doesn't want to take part in this. Mm-hmm. And obviously Looking Glass is not a fighter. No, he is definitely, he looks like he's all mental, you know, yeah. very statistician, very... Like you said, the interrogator, look at things, realize what they are. Exactly. He's the mental game. Yeah. And, you know, she even sees in the reflection of his mask that somebody's about to hit him with a bat. Mm-hmm. And she whoops his ass and then beats the tar out of this dude. 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 Uh, I love you see the spatter shooting up with her fist every time it comes back and stuff. The attention to detail was there. Yeah. Um, he's... Not dead, obviously. He's he's crawling around a little bit, you know, rolling around a little bit, but you see his face is minced up. She gets in the car, and once again, she just shuts down her emotions. Mm-hmm. She sees the coffee cup, and then we hear the soundtrack. That's right, baby. It's like, yeah! They're doing a really good job with the music so far. They really are. They really, really are, man. But, but okay, so once again, though, I'm enjoying Red Scare being on. You know, the moth calls him a fucking Nazi, and he's like, I'm not a Nazi, I'm a communist, you know? <laughs> and he's beating the shit out of him or like that, so it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm So far, and we've talked about this on other shows we've covered, if you don't give a shit about the characters and don't enjoy them being on screen, there's no reason to watch. Correct. And so far, they've not thrown a single character at me that I'm just like, don't care. You know, everybody that they give the screen time to, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. No doubt. All right, a couple of things to roll into as well. Um, one thing they popped into, how about the TV warning before the American Hero Show? Did you hear it? <clears throat> this is not suitable. This is not this. This might include this. This might that. You can see, I mean, like they cover, this is your worst nightmare. How much commentary are they playing on the world right now? Dude, it's they're, almost like they're going after everybody. If you could hit a hot button politically on both sides on anything, yeah. they are like tickling it and putting a blowtorch at the same time. And they're not taking it easy on one side or the other. No, 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 no. They go after all of it. I mean, look, this you, is you break it down. You break it down. We're talking about cops being able to have a gun. We're talking about videotaping during traffic stops. Police brutality, masking, unmasking, which is a big deal right now, and, yeah. and all that stuff. Then you talk about. Uh, reparations or referations, you know, for like Redford rations yeah. like that, you know, because that's a that's a something that's on the top of right now. But it, but only descendants of that massacre, correct? 
Which is another hot button subject. Right. Because they talk about reparations now and they're like, but only descendants of people that were affected by the slave trade, not other black people. Right. So they talk about how like you're going to create another war amongst the African-American community because some of them will get reparations and some of them won't. Right. And they'll resent one side or the other. Right. You'll create a divide within a divide. Right. So, and then this TV warning. This is an attack on woke culture, which is like, you know, the views expressed in this oh, yeah. are not those, or it could be, you know, triggering to oh, yeah. and the it, LGBTQ. Yeah, it went down like all your xenophobia, racism, your on racism everything. Every, you know, and so basically they're saying like, you know, that's attacking a lot of liberal stuff right this now. This is it's all called, trigger warning stuff. Yeah, exactly. Do <laughs> not. For any reason, allow children to watch this. <laughs> even if you feel appropriate or even, in the room. <laughs> even if you under the-, the guidance of a parent or adult. <laughs> and it's just like, this is censorship. It is. This like, is the scary stuff. Like you, We also see cops go in and raid and put them in paddy wagons. No constitution. No royal. No, nothing. And now we no got like, no nothing. we know better than you as parents in yeah. telling you how you have to do this for your own kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It, it is mind blowing. It's taking the rating system and just multiplying it to buy a billion. You know what I mean? Right. Like big flashing white thing oh. with big words pumping out. You know out what at this you. makes me think of more than anything? Do you remember Escape from New York? When you know with yes. Russell Crowe, and yeah. you remember at the end of when we were talking Crow, about, you mean Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, yeah. And when he says, you know, no smoking, no red meat, no this, no that. I'm like, like, and I'm sitting there thinking. This show is like on the verge of being right at the same level. We talked about Demolition Man already. Exactly. No guns, no violence, no, no this. MDKs, murder, death kills. <laughs> you know, they're like, you know, extinct. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, physical sex is gone. Right. I mean, it's all this weird ass shit, you know. And Transfer that, of fluids? How dare you? And <laughs> that is the path we are literally on as we speak if things don't even out a little bit. Yeah, like... Civil liberties and freedoms, freedoms and all yeah. that stuff like that will really become scary stuff. Will become, this is the way it has to be, you know. Or well, it all anarchists. De- it always depends on who's in power at the time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because then the conversation always shifts. So it's like right now we're dealing with this crazy imbecile as the president, and it's like so you're dealing with the super liberal woke culture. It's like. Just all in your face. Just blah, 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 you know, all the time. All you, the time. You literally said it. One view considers the president this way. One view considers the other one this way. This other one. Yeah. You know, it's up to you as a person to make your own opinion. Well, there's, you're not allowed to live in the gray area anymore. No, you're either you're, offended or not. Well, no. It's <laughs> just, you're, it's you're just black guy. and it's just white. And if you don't... If you don't agree with this, then you're a Nazi. Then if you agree with this, you're racist. Then you're a, a liberal idiot. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, all right, man. But this, this is, show is the same thing. Everything's black and white. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, even when she's talking to the kid, you know, she was like, you know, hey, I'm going to call it like it is. You know what it is? It's black and white. That's yeah. what the world is. She everybody references else, it. Everybody else is candy coated in rainbows and stuff. And you and you know that that's all just, you know, it's nonsense. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a blanket. So, you know, I, I love the commentary that this is all doing. But it is really scary, yeah. too. You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm glad it kind of shows people. And I hope a lot more people are watching this shit so they can kind of see where things can lead if you get too crazy on one side or the other. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, so it's like... There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah, it's really trippy. Do you think this show is doing that on purpose? 
Absolutely. <laughs> what mean, better time? Do you think it's a political statement, or do you think it's just part of their alternate reality to show you? No, I don't think it's a statement. I think it's, hey, now is the correct time to bring out a show like this. I give you that. A show that won't pull punches on either side. It just shows the slippery slope of anything, mm-hmm. of any any decision, good or bad, depending on your opinion, can lead to an extreme that maybe you weren't prepared for. Right. You know what I mean? And I think this show does a lot to show you that. And it's just like, and some of it's trying to show you like, hey, sometimes your freedoms allow terrible things to happen. You know, and then, then it's like, but if we take away your freedoms, all these terrible things happen. So like, they don't give you an easy path to decide on. There, there, there is no gold road that you get to walk. Oh, I'm just waiting. You know, we've hit a few hot button subjects so far, but they're just going to keep hitting us with them. I think new ones, every episode. I bet. Yeah. Next episode could be something even more like, Oh, yeah, wait a minute now. Yeah. I love, What's it, I, love it. I love it. I think it's so good. <laughs> okay. This show is about to get Twitter hate from hell. Yeah. You know? Well, even the newspaper stand guy, right? He's like, you know, they're talking shit about Redford. You know what I mean? And it's probably something to do, like you said, with the Red Federations. Like I said, it creates a divide amongst African-American people, even in that. Mm-hmm. But then they start talking about the other guy that's going for president, the Kenan, mm-hmm. Kenan or whatever his name Kenan, is. Yeah, the he goes, hey, fuck Kenan. You know what I mean? They're all <laughs> seven hands. Like, they don't want any of these you know, yeah. guys up there. You know, So they don't. I love this stuff, man. I think it's, I think it's great. Right, well, I mentioned a second ago. Let's go ahead and get into it. When she goes home to let her kids know yep. of course she runs into what we think is Doyle's dad or Doyle's father-in-law or whoever Looks like it. you know who's there to see the kids she pays them off to go away um who oh, is another great character actor they're just yes, throwing in there exactly um and she goes in to talk to um oh what's this kid's name i got it in my notes Topher. Topher, yes and you know she basically says your uncle judd's dead and this kid kind of looks at her like and then he kind of turns it off like she does turns the emotions off and goes ah Please die. That's you know, you know. I feel like in a, at first they want to make you think that this kid's like on the spectrum or something like that, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think he just sees things the way she sees things. Right. Um, key thing to look at here is that there's a floating castle here that once, he's making once again. Okay, so episode one, we get to see Adrian's castle. Episode one, we get to see Doctor Manhattan making the exact same castle, or one very well, similar. He on already Mars. has it made, and he's tearing it down on Mars. On Mars, and then this episode, we get to see him make this out of this metallic stuff that's floating, magnetic floating uh, erector set. Yeah, Legos, whatever you want. To um, and then you know, we get even more confirmation. We get to see Adrian's castle again when he's riding around and grabs a tomato off an effing tree. <laughs> the infamous tomato tree. Yeah. I got one of them in my yard. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a perfect tomato. Absolutely he takes perfect. one bite and crushes it while smiling. You know, it's like another feat he's done. So the very first time you scene you get inside is we get another effing cake with two candles in it now. And he's pissed off and, you know, he has this conversation and we're like, okay, now, after episode one, you know, we kind of thought it was very unique. These people were rubbing on his leg, and, you know, he was this and our soul on, and they were a little off. They're strange handing him a horseshoe to cut cake with and stuff. Right, and so the consensus was online and everything else is that these are robots or, you know, 
made up humans or whatever. And I was like, okay, I can believe that maybe. And then this episode confirmed it for us. (laughs) These are clones. Clones. um, Dummies though. Very, you know, they're, they're like beta versions, mm -hmm. you know, um, hilarious. Oh Um, man. When he does the play, when he burns this dude up, I thought this was just going to be something silly. But no, he pushes the button and it literally lights the sky on fire. Um, <laughs> I mean, you and I were laughing our ass yeah. off. I was like, we got to rewind this, dude. I can't, I can't hear what yeah. they're saying. It's ridiculous. I, <laughs> and then, you know, he, he sets it up with like real tears tonight, you know. And uh, There's no emotional value for him. You know, the yeah. bottom line is, is that it's just another carcass. Put it in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> You're the new Mr. Phillips. <laughs> now, one of the weird things is, like you say, you mentioned is the two candles on the cake. I feel like he is working on a different timeline than the rest of the story. I'm going to tell you, I have my my radar on this is all over the all over the thing. Okay, if you go by a comic book deal, okay, the background here is is that Ozzy Man is what do you call it? He brings this giant squid in to create a massive problem, death, whatever this or so on that's supposed to mess with people's minds I and mean, whatever like that. Okay, and he becomes defeated. And Dr. Manhattan is part of the deal. And why do I think he's like on house arrest in this castle in a foreign area? Cause he's been, he, you know, the, the newspaper propaganda, he's been declared dead. He's missing. Right. And so dare I say is Dr. Manhattan had this guy trapped somewhere on an Island or trapped somewhere where he can't leave. And he's up to his own vices in this house. And you see based on his age, this is what he's had to do to bide his time and his, you know, and basically house arrest of where he is. Yeah. I, I feel like they got like, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know who's holding him captive. In to some me, I think form the only person fashion. I think Manhattan is the only one that can do it. And maybe, um, or the world is just <laughs> like, you know, Geneva convention style. Like we all agree. <laughs> this man has to be kept somewhere. Lex Luthor style, you know, put smartest man in the world has to be set somewhere else because, and here we go again, maybe he is where the tech comes from. Yeah. Maybe that's his deal to stay alive is, is he's producing tech or he was one that created already or whatever. What makes me think about this is, you know, you think about, I think it's paperclip operation paperclip or whatever like that, where we go in, the U S goes in and kidnaps or retrieves (laughs) all of the Nazi rocket scientists to bring him over to the America to work for us. And they work for NASA and the first people to put people in space war criminals, (laughs) but we went and got them because they're so smart. They know what they're doing. They forgive what horrible things they have done to bring them over to, for our better, you know, technology. Oh yeah. No surprise. Okay, but that's that, a that literal, happens every day. <laughs> that's a literal fact, right? That NASA was led by Nazi scientists to build rockets. So I look at it like, hey, hold on to this monster of a man who's what just so produce. smart because he has too much knowledge. He can help us too much. You know what I mean? He's too invaluable to kill. Yeah, exactly. Forgive whatever terrible things he does. We'll put him somewhere with limit unlimited resources, you know what I mean? But you know, we need him. 
We're, we're, I'm, I'm just I'm thinking that because once again, it's another political craziness, you know, to to play that card. It is, yeah. Th- there's no doubt. Uh, but you're I right. I think it's weird. They don't show too much around his his place. No, well, I think it's just he rides a horse. What looks to be every day. You know what I mean? Like he goes through a, the same routine every day. You, you see what I'm saying? Like in the two episodes, they've shown basically a routine. The only new th- different new this time was is that they decided to do. They showed the play that he was doing down. Yep. You know. Um, and so I'm very curious where that goes because the previews have shown that, you know, later on in the season that he's supposed to have <coughs> some other big things cooking, you know, that are going to affect society. But right now we're not getting uh, any correlation that he's even associated with society, much less anything other than his clones. And who's to say that Dr. Manhattan's not making him re- relive the same day over and over or the same year over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Like True that. Forcing him into this loop, you know, that's what keeps him in prison. Maybe, you yeah. know, no t- there's no telling. I don't think he's on the same timeline. Yeah, it it definitely is definitely very curious. Yeah, there's definitely very curious. Um, you know, it kind of is the episode. Like I said, the only cool thing that you know we really hadn't touched on is you know is that. At the very end, Will Reeves get the giant magnet drops down and takes his car away. Well, hold on. We do get one thing. We talked about the censorship and the and crazy message, but a hero story about... <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. Hooded Justice. Yeah. Hooded Justice. Is this a documentary or something? Or Okay, so the very first scene you see, that's right, thank you, was is that we see a body uh, in the Boston Harbor. Okay, okay. and it's a strong man. Yeah, he looks like a Russian wrestler or something like At that. At first, I thought this is Rorschach. Yes, but now he because has like a, a wrestler real, suit. But it was a real gritty voice. That's why I thought maybe it was Rorschach. Right. Um, and he talks about, well, they think it's me, but it ain't me. You yeah, I mean? it's That's like the, I need them to think it's me. Right. So they'll stop looking. And it's a strong man, a circus strong man. Correct. And. Um, <coughs> And then it shows, you know, a group of white guys sticking up a, uh, you know, a small goods store, mm-hmm. um, shoots the ear off the clerk, you know, uh, and tells him you got three seconds. And then Hooded Justice comes through the window and takes out these three cats. Nasty. Um, I mean, dude, he when he's stabbing this dude. Smokes one guy in the head with a uh, canned good <laughs> where blood goes everywhere. Epic. Um, one guy takes his own switchblade and starts putting it through his chest. And then uses him as a human shield. For a couple rounds. For a couple rounds. This poor bastard never had a chance. Um, and then the next guy gets Cash a, register. a just horrific facial beating on the, onto the counter. And you think that'd be it. No. No, no, no. We're going to take a 1930-40 cash register, which weighs well over 100 pounds. Yeah. And use it not once, not twice, but four or five times is a death blow to the back of this guy's head. Where yeah. he basically turns into a human pancake. And I love... First off, the special effects of when the guy pulls the trigger and blows this guy part of his ear off. Oh, I know. And takes out the gumballs and stuff behind him. I was like, this Great is Great awesome. special effects. Talking about where's the safe, and the guy keeps saying, no safe. Even when they put a gun up to this lady, he's not budging on the safe. And then we see there's a safe. <laughs> there is a safe. Under the counter. <laughs> um, so this is a real shit bag yeah, that really. he saved. Um, uh, don't worry about the woman. My money's more important. Right. But what a badass monologue this guy gives. No doubt, man. Okay, so 
again, reading Reddit, listening to things and this, that, or so on, we, we are to believe that, you know, the idea is that Will Reeves is the original hooded justice. Okay. The guy that's in this suit as hooded justice looks like the, what you would think of as a giant, you know, circus, circus wrestler strong or strong man, whatever you call yeah. it. So is this another example of them showing us what we were, what they want us to see what versus what, who is really is like, you know what I'm talking about? I feel like this is the strong man. I feel Correct. like this is the strong man who becomes hooded justice. And then we're seeing in the future that he, you know, puts a strong man in the water that's been shot in the back of the head in order to go into hiding. Okay. Um, that we're, it's like Tarantino that the guy pulled out of the water is the cops assuming that that's hooded justice that he's been killed and they stopped looking for him. Cause that gritty voice reminded me of the same voice that hooded justice uses in his right, monologue. Right, right, right. <clears throat> it is clearly a white man. It's clearly with, a big white kind of ginger eyebrows. Right, and so not who the internet and you know actually thinks is Will Reeves, which would be a shorter black man, you know, because yeah, this guy looks enormous in the in yeah. the scene. Yeah, he's big, big dude. Um, and to lift up that cash register and smash this in the head times. a few times, yeah, I mean, like, would take a super strong human being. Exactly. So I think they're tied together. Okay. Just show that before they start watching the episode of American Hero or whatever. American, was, it's American Hero Story. I mean, a, a hero story. Not American. Mm-hmm. A hero story. <clears throat> and um, I think that's tied together. Okay. Once again, I think we might end up seeing this guy again if he's part of the Watchmen in hiding. You know okay. what I'm saying? I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. No but doubt. he'll be an old man because that happened... You can well, clearly see that happened in like the fifties or well, this was thirties well, even or something. The Minutemen were of nineteen thirty nine through the forties. Like the like Dollar Bill, like like he died in forty seven. So yeah. like you know if so I mean like I don't know. I'm just going by the dress, the vehicles you see on the street. Right, right, right. You know this is old times. Right. Maybe even. Roaring twenties, you know what I mean? Like, there's no telling. <clears throat> so, if this guy is still alive, he's an old man. If he's alive, I mean, he'd be old, old. Yeah. So, yeah, he would. Be. But well, we, he'd be but Will Reeves age. But we're seeing Will, who's over a hundred years old. You yeah, know what I mean? So, hundred five like, years old. So, there are chances, depending on the actual dates, we'll have to see on that. But very much so. Was there anything else you could think of? I can't. I'm kind of exhausted. My notes here. Man, I'm sure we're forgetting something because there's just always so much. But <laughs> you, you but I, yeah, I'm ready to call it. I mean, I, I can't think of anything else. Yeah. Um. I I just don't. I ain't got much else to look at here. Um. So, like you said, we talked about the preview just for a brief second. We we, well, got, we do we do get a small sequence of Seventh Cavalry guys. Building a bomb vest. Well, that was part of the whole, yeah, when they do the When they're doing the sensor thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The vest looks like it just has demolition on it. I don't see anything that made me go, it looks, like I didn't see watch batteries all over it. Let's put it that way or anything like that. No, I didn't either, but it it just looked like a suicide vest. It did. And the preview does show like bombs going off and a guy wearing a vest and he has a push button 
and they've yeah. broken through the floor of Correct. somewhere. Yeah, because that's what I was getting to his preview is is that they explosions, Seventh Cavalry doing some kind of munitions, this or so on. You did you do get to see one of them wearing this explosive vest that they're making, and he has a a, a, a thumb, thumb button thumb trigger. Click, yeah. um, you do get to see a character that looks very much like the senator with glasses that makes him look like the night owl jumping over a railing. Um, and you do get to see a preview of the new FBI agent becoming part of the story in which we think she's probably going to be the older version of Silk Spectre. Yeah. The original Silk Spectre. Um, you know, uh, phenomenal actress. She was in the Fargo series and several other things and she does really, really good. So I'm interested to see where she's going to go with that. But, you know, the preview just gives you little tidbits here and there, but nothing like concrete to say, let's have a giant conversation about, you know? No, but judging by the preview we got from the first episode, where it looks like we see Night Owl going to uh, infiltrate a bank robbery, it makes me feel like we're about to see Night Owl in the next episode. Right. And then remember we saw we saw Blue Hands? <coughs> And actually, it was just <laughs> we got to see the blue dingus of Mr. Phillips or the, the you know? no, we got to see blue hands what was it? with a suit on. That's true. That is no, true. That was totally different. Um, uh, no, I, I think I think we're going to start seeing it. the fact that they did the which we didn't get into much was Will Reeves gets taken away in Knight's car, you know, with a giant magnet. By a flying picture. flying ship that we do says not he has see. friends in high places, right? And it looks you can see like props turning underneath the light, right. you know. So this looks like it's going to be you something. Know, you know, this is more again, that tech. You don't more of the Watchmen stuff. I feel like correct. correct I think correct. they're gently and even Will even says it in the episode. There's a lot I got to tell you, but I can only give it to you in pieces. Yeah, I feel like that's what they're doing to us. Well, they're doing it for the viewer, too. Yeah, yeah, you know that's what, what I'm mean? saying. Like they're, <laughs> See, this they're magnet, giving us. soak this in next yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I I do feel like we're about to see, we see the senator clearly pull back a cover on a bird cage that's got an owl in it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I just, I just feel like. foreshadowing there. Yeah, I feel like we're going to see. Guys, did y'all see something we missed? Was there something we're off on? No, just better yet. Hey guys, tell us what we missed because I know we missed something. <laughs> and if we're dumbasses or if we caught something you didn't, whatever, hit us up, bleedtvpodcast at gmail.com or bleedtvpodcast on Twitter, bleedtvpodcast on Facebook. Uh, the, my account that's associated with it is Zach Bleedtv, that's Z A C Bleedtv. Um, do any of those things, friend me up, whatever like that. Man, we love having conversations. We hit y'all all, all the time. Uh, we add it to the show. Uh, there were several good ones this week. Um, and we try to make sure those comments are infused. And so the more we get, that's how we go. Uh, a lot of this information we talked about tonight was a lot of stuff that we get from those conversations and we like to add. And so kudos to y'all guys who, uh, who chatted with us on the first episode. We look forward to the chat on the second episode, but I think we're going to call tonight. So this is bleed TV and I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And we'll see you guys next week. That's what you are.